Okay, let's just kind of keep it here for a second because I feel like this is just kind of uh, the beginning of what God really uh, has in store for us this morning. I feel like it's a perfect lead-in, and I might cut some of the fluff in my message. Who says you need an intro, right? Let's just get to the heart of it, all right? So uh, let let me break it down for you. We're going to talk about your heart today. Don't we love that? I know. Get ready, men. you got to get in touch with your feelings, okay? Um, Here's the deal. There's something that has to happen in us as believers. We, we have to catch God's heart. You know, the heartbeat of heaven has to come alive in us. And, and we, we shared these things. We had a, a night of prayer on the first Wednesday night uh, of the year. And I can't tell you how many people mentioned this. It was the word heartbeat and the word God's heart and catching his heart. And I was like, God is saying something to our people. You know, when, when people start all saying the same thing, I'm like, I think God might be doing something. Uh, and so I just wanted to kind of develop this idea a little bit of catching God's heartbeat because here, here's the deal. God is in a good mood and his heart for people is amazing. And, and we want to tap into that. In fact, we're supposed to, we're designed to walk with God's heartbeat in us as believers. And so we want to catch God's heart for our marriages, for our family, for the annoying guy at work, for our community, for our neighbors. You see what I'm saying? It's not just for the people that we like, because did you know, like think about the most annoying person in your life right now, or somebody that you just do not like at all. Did you know that God is, is in a good mood about them, too? Not just us? I mean, can you think of the worst sinner in the world? Did you know that God is in a good mood about them? And if we catch his heart, see, then it transforms us. Because if I'm going to carry Jesus' heartbeat, it's hard for me to be all wadded up about this person who drives too slow on the road or the person who persecutes me for whatever I say. You know, do you see what I'm saying? We can really catch God's heart for any person and every person, and we're supposed to. It's easy to catch God's heart for people that we like, you know? You're like, oh, God likes you, and I like you, and this is great, and you're awesome and amazing, and and I feel compassion towards you, and I want to pray for you all day for God to answer those things. Uh, But then there's these people in our life that were like, I'm praying against you that you would leave my presence. And that's not God's heartbeat. I mean, I believe in boundaries, don't get me wrong. All of those things are healthy, but if we can catch God's heart for people, what happens is our heart begins to look like his heart. And the way that we're going to do that is by hanging out with him, all right? So one of my favorite things, I just have to share it with you almost every time I preach until God's done with it, I guess, is in Colossians 3, verse 10. And I'm just going to read it to you. You can turn there if you want to. Uh, But it says, this is like right in the middle of a hard passage that's talking about killing all the earthly stuff that's lurking in you, okay? Uh, but, But it says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. I love that verse. I've memorized that verse. I should 
say that verse to myself every day. Because there's something about believers that we must learn to put on our new nature and be renewed as we get to know Jesus and become like him. How do you get to know somebody? Yeah, you kind of hang out with them, right? And so I, I have lots of illustrations today. I hope everybody's up for excitement. Um, I brought paints in the sanctuary. I hope everybody's okay with that. What? Okay, so I'm just going to do this little illustration here. Maybe I need a stand. Okay, so we're going to say that this is God's heart, okay? Brush up on my Valentine making skills here. Okay, so we're just going to paint this heart without getting any paint on the carpet. Okay? So let's say this is God's heart. Now, the idea here that I'm talking about is that we're supposed, this is us, all right? And if we're supposed to end up looking like Jesus, this is what happens. As we get to know our creator and we hang out with him, then we start to become like him. Uh, so this is, this is really simple, but that's the idea. This is what God looks like. I'm going to hang out with God, and when I leave his presence, I look like him. I reflect his heart. My heart starts looking like the heart of God. And so that's the idea here. And this is the only way to do it. The only way to get God's heart is to learn, get to know him. To, to hang out, to be in his presence, to worship him. And so we're going to come back to this, but that, that's like the idea that we're going here. Because see then, the next time I go into God's presence, God gets like a fresh coat every time. Isn't that cool? Like he never runs out of wet paint on his heart. And so then the next time that you hang out with him, you catch more, you know? And there's less white on the paper. It starts getting more and more full. And so as believers, we're called to live this way all the time. The problem is, is I see a lot of believers, and sometimes myself included, and I'm not projecting the heart of God. And I'm not, I'm not leaving, you know, our worship times, my personal worship time, reflecting him. And I'm wondering, what's the deal with that, you know? And, uh, and so here... I think sometimes we find it hard to catch God's heart because we, we have so many other things. I'm going to just like cover, I'm just going to point out three things we're going to cover. Either you don't know him, you don't have good roots, or your heart needs healing. And we're going to kind of dive into that. I want to read John 3 to you. And I'm going to read it out of a, um, a different translation. This is called the Passion Translation. Am I talking loud enough for you? Okay. Sorry. If I need to switch, just motion to me. I can change mics. Okay, so uh, we're going to just start right in John chapter 3. And this is, a, this is a guy named Nicodemus. Okay, what you need to know about Nicodemus is he is a religious leader. 
all right? And, you know, the religious leaders weren't so sure about Jesus, and they weren't always on good terms. You know, you weren't supposed to like Jesus because he was blowing their minds. Um, And so I'm going to start in verse 2. One night he discreetly came to Jesus and said, Master, we know that you're the teacher from God, for no one performs the the miraculous signs you do unless God's power is in him. And Jesus answered, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. You will never perceive the kingdom realm of God until you experience a rebirth. And Nicodemus said, rebirth? How can a gray-headed man be reborn? It's impossible for a man to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. And Jesus answered, I speak this truth. Unless you are born of water and spirit, you will never enter the kingdom realm of God. For the natural realm can only give birth to things that are natural. But the spiritual realm gives birth to spiritual life. And so if you're having a hard time catching God's heart or understanding any of this thing, it might be because you don't know him. Because here's the thing, until you experience God, until you yield your heart to him, until you turn and give your life to him and let him wash over you, you will not understand the kingdom of God. You will not understand this Christian life. You will look at people and think, how do they do it? And it's because you have no concept of God's kingdom because he is not in you. And that will, that will stop you from understanding and catching God's heart and being with him. Uh, let me give you an example. Since I've already shared about football today. I, I, I mean, football's whatever to me. I'm not like a big fan. But the game came alive to me just eight years ago. When I learned what a first and 10 was. (laughs) Now, here's the deal. I have been to so many high school football games. I have been to every Super Bowl since my life started. And I have watched those games with people. And I enjoy hanging out. And I never understood what people were so excited about until about eight years ago, John said something about the first and 10. And I said, what the heck is the first and 10? And he, he's looking at me <laughs> like we've been married for like five years and you don't know this. I'm like, I guess I don't. And uh, so he explained it. And then I was like, Oh, I get it. I get it. I still don't know a lot of the other rules, but here's the deal. If you don't know what a first and 10 is, you don't know football. I mean, is somebody else getting the revelation of first and 10 today? If you don't know what it is, you just come and see me and I'll educate you before the Super Bowl. Okay. But here's the deal. Work with me on this. We can come to church because we know people who are Christians and we can come and be around them and participate in the stuff. We can watch it. We can 
pretend like we're going for a team, you know, like based on whatever colors you like the best. And, but if you don't know Jesus, then you're missing the whole thing. You will never understand the kingdom of God if you don't get Jesus. Just like you will never understand football if you don't know what a first and ten is. I mean, you should have seen the first game I watched after I learned that. I was so excited. I was like, it's second and eight. That means they only got two yards. And John's like, yes. That is why they restart on the lines. And I was like, mind blown. This is awesome. I just watched those numbers. Like, and then like they'd do it. And then I got to where like they put, before they put the numbers on the screen, I'm like, oh, this is, this is third and 12, you know, like John's like, I know. And, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's what the Christian life is like. Because if we don't know Jesus, we can't understand his kingdom. We don't get it. We can participate, we can be spectators, we can hang out with people that that are Christians, but it just doesn't come alive until you get the major part of it, which is Jesus. You can't understand his kingdom because Jesus is the kingdom. And so that's something that keeps you from catching God's heart, from knowing him, from knowing his heart as if you've never even encountered him in the first place. And number two is that your heart needs roots. If you've ever read your Bible, there's a parable that Jesus teaches about the the sower. And I think John shared on this a few weeks ago. And so he tells the story of a farmer who goes out and he's scattering his seed. And the seed lands on, on all different kinds of soil, four different kinds. And some is like, it gets swished up by the birds. And some lands on thorns and uh, is choked out. And some lands on shallow ground and it, it sprouts up, but then it withers away in the sun. And then there's good ground that has good soil where it grows up and it produces a crop of a hundredfold with great root system. And here's what I think sometimes So often we can be like this rocky soil. So there's soil there, you know, it's not that it's, you know, we got some soil going on, uh, but we hear something amazing and, and something inside of you says, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Anybody ever heard a sermon or watched somebody seen miracles happen and you think I'm called to be a world changer. See, all of us do that because we're designed that way. God made us that way for a reason. But if you are rocky soil and you hear that, what happens is that seed takes root in your heart and it it just grows. And it's something amazing and you're all excited about it for a few weeks and then it just withers away. And it's because you don't have roots. Because see, here's the deal about roots. Like, have you ever seen pictures of the huge trees with the massive roots? Or if you, if you like planted anything and you know, like a root system is like a big deal. And that is the foundation because a foundation always has to be larger than the thing that's on top of it. And so, so when we come to the Lord, we have to let him speak grow us personally 
sometimes before we see this lasting amazing fruit. Because in order to produce amazing fruit that is lasting and long-term, he's going to have to do something bigger inside of you than he does outside of you. You have to have that happen. And we don't like that. I mean, quite frankly, our culture is fine with rocky soil because you get immediate results for a few weeks, you know? But I don't know about you. That's not the way I want to live. It's not the way I want to live. I don't want to have something spark my heart and say, ooh, I'm going to pray for somebody who's sick that needs healing. And I pray for a few people and they, I don't see anything. So I just like let that seed rot and move on to the next thing. See, that's not the way it's supposed to work. That seed is planted in you for a reason. And then what we need to do is let God just cultivate that. And there will be so much happening in you that's only on the inside. Because your root system, the things inside of you have to be bigger than anything you ever show. And when we have a root system in us like that, then we're not so concerned with our fruit. Have you ever thought about that? You know, people who are just totally rooted aren't concerned with the fruit. People in like shallow soil, they're really worried about if that fruit is going to come up or not, you know. But, but people who are grounded are not. I want to share a story. It just popped in my head about, about fruit that, you know, you know, sometimes you just have to trust your roots and go with it. My parents, six years ago, uh, were meeting with a personal trainer and he called them and canceled because his daughter had something meningitis or something like that. Isn't it like, okay. Um, and she was little, little tiny with meningitis and said, Hey, well, you know, I can't meet tomorrow. And my parents felt like they were supposed to go to the hospital and pray for this baby. And so it's like 11 o'clock at night. They go pray for the baby. They're like, these people think we are freaks. You know, nothing, you know, nothing happens. They say, thank you, whatever they leave. They continue to meet with this guy. Nothing is ever said about this child. This lady ends up being the dog's groomer. Okay. My parents are taking the dogs to get groomed and it's the wife, the mother of this child they prayed for. Nothing's ever said until a few weeks ago when my mom took, took her dog to be groomed. And the lady said, Hey, I need to talk to you for a second. Do you remember that time that you came to the hospital and prayed for our daughter? Mom's like, yeah. You know, she's like, I'm thinking you thought we were freaks. Nothing happened. And she said, I just have to tell you something. That after you guys came and prayed, no one in our entire family has been sick for six years. No one in our our entire family has been sick for six years. But my husband's mom is in the hospital today, and if she's not out by tomorrow, I'm calling you guys. (laughs) And that's a picture of what it looks like to just trust your roots, to just trust Jesus and trust that he is doing fruit, and even if you don't see it, that we're just walking in obedience. Because... I can guarantee you when we get to heaven, there is going to be so much fruit that we never even knew about. I mean, this was six years ago. They just chalked it up as to like, yeah, we're the weird Christian people who came and prayed for healing. But that's not what it was at all. They just never knew. 
that their fruit was larger than what they even went in for. They were hoping this little girl would be healed. But in fact, their whole family had not been sick, not even a little bit, for six years. Isn't that amazing? And that's what it looks like. We have to just let Jesus grow us and we have to just be obedient and we have to release his kingdom and then just trust him to take care of the fruit. And a lot of times there will be lasting fruit that we never know about and we have to be okay with that. And you know what? If we are rooted and we have a large foundation, you will be. You will be because you can trust him because that's part of the foundation is those who trust the Lord. I want to read you something from uh, Jeremiah 17. It's one of my favorites. And it says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. See, there you go. There's the foundation of trusting the Lord. You've made him your hope and confidence for they are like trees planted along the riverbank whose root with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. And that's a picture of what we're, we're called to live like as strong trees with huge root systems that reach down into the river of God. And we aren't concerned about drought. We're not concerned about heat because we have our source in something that is so much greater that we can just trust that he's producing fruit in our lives. So without deep roots, we're unable to follow through when we catch God's heart. So it'll, it's going to fall short and our fruit is going to be minimal. If you do not allow a foundation to be built in your heart, if you don't allow the root system. And can I tell you, that's not fun. I mean, it's not cool, I mean, it is, but it doesn't feel good when you're just like in the process of being in the background with Jesus by yourself. But when, but when it's time to step out and you have a full root system, it's amazing because you're so grounded and strong. All right. So then the last one is that your heart needs healing. Because here's the deal. When our hearts are wounded, when we have all these issues going on in our heart, it's hard to, to catch the heart of God because we are filtering it through our own pain, through our anger, through our confusion, through our circumstances, whatever it is. And so I, I just have some hearts to share with you and we're going to start wrapping it up here in just a minute. Um, so, so I'm just going to share some pictures with you of some different hearts. And I just feel like the Lord is wanting to, to do a work in us this morning. If we'll let him, I mean, we lost the umbrellas. He's full. He, you know, uh, he's ready to move here in us. And, and this, this is the deal. We all live sometimes in seasons with hearts that are broken and wounded and bound And that's just not the way we're called to live as believers in Jesus because he's already paid for all of those things. And so I just want to share some of these because I just feel like a visual sometimes helps. The first one is just a heavy heart. Sometimes you just get so much, so much, and you just take on everybody else's stuff and you just let it 
pile and pile and pile. And it's like your heart is just squishing down. And you know what? When you try to catch the heart of God, it's like it just becomes another thing up here. It's like just God's heart sits on top of the pile and you hope that it eventually it trickles down. We can't have heavy hearts. The next one is a shattered heart. You know, some of you have gone through some hard stuff. Hard stuff. And it has left your heart not just broken, but shattered. And God wants to put that back. He wants, he wants to heal it. He wants to touch your heart. The next one is just a broken heart. You've experienced loss, pain, broken relationships. You, I mean, you know your own life. You, I know, I can see on some of your faces that you know when it's your heart that comes up. Okay? This one is just like the worn out heart. Does anybody ever feel that way? You just got a worn out heart. I mean, it's just tired. It's just been rubbed. It's just got some holes and some bruises. It's a little tattered on the edges. And your heart is just worn out from life, from busy, from circumstances, from all of the things. It's just a worn out heart. And the last one is the bound heart. That you... You just feel like you're in a prison in your heart. There is something that you can't get away from. That you can't, it's like you just feel like you can't be free. And so whatever your heart looks like, in order to catch God's heart and carry it effectively, you can't stay here because this doesn't look like this. If this is God's heart, none of these look like that. And if we're supposed to be being renewed as we get to learn, that get to know our creator and become like him, then that means our hearts should look less like these hearts and more like this heart all the time. And so then what happens Let's add some paint to this one. I just uh, color copied this shattered heart. What happens is when you're willing to come to the Lord and press into him with all the pieces and all of the hurt is he'll do the same thing as if you were a blank sheet of paper. And you'll hang out with him and slowly but surely he'll mend it. Because, see, the longer that you do that, the more it will fill in. And you'll notice that his heart applied to your heart, even the worst shattered heart, makes your heart like his. And that's, that's the Christian life. 
simplified. Jesus, us. Us, Jesus. But if we, do, if we miss this, you miss it all. If you're not willing to go to Jesus and let his heart rub off on yours. What hope do we have? So I want us to respond. The first response I have is that maybe you need to respond like Nicodemus did. Maybe you're hearing Jesus say, listen to this truth. You will never understand the kingdom realm of God unless you experience a rebirth. I mean, is there anybody in here that would be so bold to say, I, I don't know him. I don't understand the kingdom of God. I don't understand you people and how you're happy in the middle of circumstances that are hard. I don't understand any of this because I don't know him. I don't know the kingdom. Is there anybody in here that would be so brave? And I know it's brave to just sort of put your hand up like this and say, that's me. I need to know Jesus. I need to know him. Okay. And you don't have to do that right now either. If you don't know Jesus, you can, you don't have to meet him right here, right now. But some of you, that's a key for you. To understand the kingdom of God, you're going to have to know the king. And it's, it will come alive in you when you surrender to that. It will. It will come alive. Everything will be like, whoa, this makes so much more sense. Because it's like his light instantly is birthed in you. Providing hope and truth and, and light where there was darkness. And it illuminates the truth. And your spirit comes awake and connects. And so take that truth. If that's you, if, if God is working on your heart right now, respond to him. Respond. The second thing I want to do is just, is just pray for hearts. And, and provide an opportunity to let you just connect with Jesus. Because this has to happen. If we're going to be a church who carries God's heart to the world, if we're going to be a church that looks like Jesus, we have to let him touch the heavy, worn out, ugly, bound, crushed places in our lives. And it's time. It's time. It's time to experience freedom in your life. It's time to experience uh, the, the yoke of Jesus. In the Bible, it says that his burdens are easy and they're light. So it's not like piling stones upon stones upon stones. See, do you understand that Jesus died on the cross for us to not live like this? We don't have to because of the blood of Jesus. You don't have to have hearts that look like this. So why do we do it? 
Why do we go day in, day out, being satisfied with our hurts, with our pain, with our heaviness, with our weariness? This is not the Christian life. These things happen. We're all going to have moments in our lives when our hearts are crushed, bruised, broken, and bound. But we don't have to stay there. In our grief, Jesus shows up and he begins to apply his heart like a balm to ours. He fills in that crushed part. He fills in the cracks. He takes away the weight. And so if, if anything, if you just feel something in your heart, like God is, is doing something, you are going, could you stop? talking because you're talking to me and I can't take it any longer. That's who I'm talking to. I want you to come up here. And I don't always do responses like that. But there's sometimes I think that it's worth just saying, I need Jesus's heart and I'm just going to walk right up there. And you know what? Nobody cares. I mean, we care in the sense of we want to see you free. We're, we're not worried about who you are and what your chains look like or what your heart looks like. We, we want to just see Jesus apply his heart to yours. That's all we're about. That's all we're about. So if that's you this morning, you have one of these hearts, worn out, heavy, shattered, bound. I want you to just come up to the front. And we're just going to pray for you. you're sitting out in the audience, I, I would just say, connect with Jesus. Allow his heart to touch yours right now. And maybe that's, that's just sealing in something that he spoke to you in worship, his own thing that he's doing in you, maybe talking to you about roots. Uh, and we're just going to, we're just going to put on a song and just kind of let it play. And I just, I just want to give you a chance to just respond. And if you want to come up here and pray for some of these people, leaders, that would be fabulous. We're just going to believe that, that, that this time right here is about, it's about God just meeting us. So just position your heart to meet his heart. And I'm going to pray, and then we'll pray over these guys up here. And if you change your mind and you need to come up, then come on up. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your heart, for the heartbeat of heaven, that you have amazing things to say about us and every person, that you are full of compassion, that you are full of joy and life and light, that you are truth. We want to be people who catch that heart and who love like that. 
Lord, I just invite you to to encounter us this morning. Whether we are sitting, standing, or kneeling, Lord, I pray that our hearts would just be bombarded by your presence and that you would release healing in us. That this would be a time where we just meet with you here in the, in the quiet, where you, where you stretch our roots and our foundation, where you remind us of who we are and our truth. Lord, we just release your speaking voice in here. In Jesus' name, amen.
atmosphere in here if you want to stay, but we're going to close up. We invite you to stay for lunch, uh, which is just down this hallway and through the double doors. So please uh, stay. We'd love to, to just have you join us for a meal and then just kind of listen to what's going on in the church. We'll be sharing about some ministries and uh, doing some business. So uh, you guys can make your way down there. If you still want prayer for anything, feel free to stay in here. If you just want to like sit in here, you can just do that too. Um, since we're not going anywhere, you can stay here as long as you want, uh, at least till the meeting's over. So uh, have fun, pick up your kids on the way. Don't forget them and take them to lunch with you. 